Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Good morning, Ray. Good morning. And good morning to everyone listening. Um, So, I'm sitting with my friend Ray and we're here to do Ray's take on our Sunday service. Before we get started, um, I would just like to say, really lovely to have people leaving comments. Um, So I encourage you to leave comments. Um, But more than that, I would love and Ray would love for you to submit any questions you might have. And actually, today we're discussing, you know, a really, really important but quite a tricky subject. And if it, as you're listening, if it throws up any questions you might have that you think you would really like, you know, Ray or I to speak into next week, just Submit that as a, as a comment on the podcast or, you know, you can send us an email, um, you know, to church or whatever through the website. And, and, you know, we'd love that, Ray, wouldn't we, to give some live sort of... Very happy. Yeah. Um, don't promise to be able to answer that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you could. I don't think I've ever asked you a question which you haven't been able to give an answer to of some sort. <laughs> oh. So anyway, we, we looked at this subject um, on Sunday and, uh, you know, you can go onto YouTube and look at the talk um, to see, you know, sort of what we did on Sunday if, if you'd like. But um, as usual, I'll read the, the passage um, and then we'll, we'll get Ray's take on it and start to unpick it a little further. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, verse 12 to the end of the chapter. Um, so um, I'll, I'll read that and then I'll hand over to Ray. And you know my my uh, Bible here has a has a little subtitle for this this section, which is flee sexual immorality. So starting at verse twelve. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. Food is meant for the stomach, and the stomach for food. And God will destroy both one and the other. The body is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. And God raised the Lord, and will also raise us up by his power. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute? Never. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a prostitute becomes one body with her, For, as it is written, the two will become one flesh. But he who is joined to the Lord becomes one spirit with him. Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So, <laughs> Ray. <laughs> well, thank, thanks for that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's extraordinary to realise that we'd hardly have 
any of St Paul's letters were it not for the mess things were made of in the local church. Um, there's a whole string of problems in 1 Corinthians and in 2 Corinthians to some extent as well um, to do with here sexual immorality elsewhere um, uh, sacrifices offered to idols and all, all sorts of things that the church got got wrong they took one another to court and it was inappropriate and clearly those problems threw up issues that needed addressing and it was Paul's job to try to unravel and unpack the problems presented by the local church the church in Corinth in this case you know just think about it we were that that not the case perhaps we wouldn't have had the teaching on spiritual gifts mm. there's so much positive and wonderful teaching packed into this little letter to a church and that was desperately in need of guidance and which much of it correcting faults and even more extraordinary is some of those faults haven't been gotten right yet yeah true um sadly that is the case um that's really interesting because paul I'm, I'm just trying to get my history right he planted the church in Corinth mm -hmm. during one of his missionary journeys he must have stayed with them for a number of years moved on and then he's writing to them as he is hearing about things yeah this is going wrong. this is how it worked he um he's had his contact he's been amongst them and he's following up um and he clearly gets a, a pretty good and accurate account of what's going awry mm. in the churches of which he's fond in different ways and each one seems to have had a, a different place in his life and heart and responsibilities and the church in Corinth seems required quite a bit of direct um, and fairly firm handling. It's quite interesting that this particular issue is one that Paul deals with in a, in a in a strong and firm way, um, doesn't mess about with it. Um, he spells it out as it as it really is. Is there any reason why do we know why he de deals with it in such a direct way, or is that just his style? No, I think it required it. Hmm. He did. He, he responded according to need, generally, and clearly there this issue had got seriously out of hand. He uses in describing it um, sexual, he refers to sexual immorality. That is a phrase that can be used either narrowly or broadly. It can describe a whole range of issues which were abnormal uh, in Paul's eyes. And, and normality for him was sex was for married couples in that context exclusively so um, and anything that contradicted that or went outside of those guidelines was was inappropriate and wrong that was his that was his view rooted in 
Old Testament theology, rooted in creation theology, and present throughout Scripture. There is a continuity and consistency. But doesn't mean to say that people didn't get it wrong. Of course they did. You know, people as um, extraordinarily different as Solomon and um, and David and, and others in the Old Testament got some made some serious errors, um, yeah. and that needs to be acknowledged. David's error is a, is a phenomenal one, really, yeah, yeah. isn't it? And it, it took him a long way out of God's plan. Do you want, should we just, can I just suggest we just say David's error, what it was? Well, you, you spell it out for if me. I'm, and you correct me if I'm wrong. So David, instead of joining his army in battle, he stayed behind idly and he was seduced to have relations with the wife of one of his generals. That's right. One of his senior leaders and sent the senior leader off into a vulnerable position knowing that he was likely to lose his life. And he did lose his and life. And he did, and David responded in a worldly way in response. Mm. Um, and this is David who, after God's heart, yeah. whoa, you know, King yeah. David himself. So, yeah, making we all make mistakes. I think it's yeah. worth just putting that Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Here's a man who can say... the. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. I was thinking about that on Sunday because yeah. I read it as a psalm on my daily devotions. And um, it brought back my recollections of chanting that particular... The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob <laughs> is our refuge. Um, now, he had a high view of God. Mm. He loved his Lord. But he got it seriously wrong. So when we uh, uh, give attention to a passage such as this one, uh, we're not doing it in any judgmental way. We're acknowledging that we all get it wrong sometimes. But getting it wrong is an opportunity for getting it right. So, And Paul sets out some of the reasons why it's important. It's important... Because the people of God are just that. They belong to God. That the Christian is one who is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So um, the Christian is told. And, and that, that's an incredibly significant and important reality. That this old frail body of mine is nonetheless lived in by God's Holy Spirit who is within the Holy Trinity of Father, Son and Holy Spirit. So the Spirit of God himself lives in me. That is because of God's grace, God's love for me, because Jesus died for me, because our Father created me. This is the one true God. And you think to yourself, wow, that's extraordinary that God has done that. Because I have been made his child. I'm indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And Paul takes that and he, he says, now, you know, can you imagine the Holy Spirit of God sharing his accommodation 
in that way because <clears throat> he says the expression of sex, sexual love is a deep one, is an important one, it's potentially a godly one. You realise that? That when we get it right and devote ourselves in every respect to our lifelong partner, that my wife, when I make love to her, we're expressing something spiritual as well as intensely physical. And, and that's why it's so important to recognise that it's, it's, it is me, this me that is lived in by the Holy Spirit of God, that is using my body and I therefore must use it in an appropriate way, not in a way that is ungodly and totally contrary to what would be appropriate in that sense. That's one of his arguments, and I think it's a good one. What do you take by verse 12, then, and is it relevant or not? All things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. That seems, yeah, that's... That seems to be the sort of language that's coming out of the discussion of food offered to idols. It's the same phraseology and structure, isn't it? Mm. So maybe that's the context that he wants us to consider. Um, but, But clearly it's been put under the umbrella of sexual immorality. Mm. So is he saying... Whatever I've said, and he said some pretty powerful stuff in the previous paragraphs, um, that nonetheless I can do what I like. No, I don't think he is saying that. I don't think that's the reality here. Well, because he's very clearly saying, even even if it were, he's saying it is not helpful, and is it? (laughs) Even if all things were lawful, not all things are helpful. So, this is such a, a it, I mean, power, it's, a, it's such a tricky topic to talk about. I, oh, it, it raises is. so many emotions, doesn't it? Yeah, and um, also it um, has the potential for damaging relationships and all sorts of that stuff. Um, and as I say, I have been amongst my friendships over the long life I've had thus far um, I've known all sorts of people with different ways of handling stuff Um, it's never led me to be cut off from anybody or to see a barrier created it doesn't doesn't need to doesn't have to we can disagree Um, or we can decide not to discuss certain things. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's not been a problem ever to me. Mm. Um, nor, nor me. No. Nor me. And um, this is what is interesting, isn't it? That you understand the theoretical potential for serious disruption, mm. but it... But it need not. 
the, that opening phrase, all things are lawful to me, but not all things are helpful, it's, it's is he saying, I don't know, um, we're not talking of with you know, the law as such. It's not a, a thing about legality. It's a thing about being what is godly, what is appropriate, what is within the desired and expressed will of God, things like that. Maybe we need to take that as our guideline. We, we need to have proper relationships of res- rooted in respect, common relationship with Christ, an acknowledgement that we are indwelt by the Spirit of God, as we've said already. We need to recognise one another in Christ and honour one another in Christ. I think that is so, so important. Yeah. Um, we all fall short. We are yeah, all, all course, in, in equal need of yeah. the righteousness of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. What do you take then? So just moving down to verse, um, where are we? Um, verse 18, mm-hmm. every other sin a person commits outside the body, but the sexually the section immoral person sins against his own body. What do you take by that then? <laughs> Sinning against your own body? I, I find that a, a very... Um, com- there's either something incredibly complex or something staring me in the face here, that, <laughs> and I, I'd never quite understand what. Um, but clearly he's implying... This relationship, the sexual relationship, is particularly special and particularly to do with our physical body in every sense so that our person is involved. Um, Now, how that um, conflicts with other areas of life, I've never quite understood that. But the the language of fleeing from sexual immorality is strong, and mm. his experience would seem to be adding weight to his argument. I think that he has perceived that allowing yourself to go down a wrong road here it leads you to a very difficult place. But we can't be sure what particular expressions of immorality this is. It's, um, it might be broad, it might be narrow. Um, we Like some, quite a few of the issues in the New Testament epistles, we, we, we don't have the full details of what was going on. Um, we have some. In some cases we have it quite a bit, some we don't. Um, so what is it he's directing them against well as far as we can say he's using the language of general sexual immorality that which is outside of the expressed and declared purposes of God yeah Um, and that was his that's his guidance so what would you say to somebody then who you know we're all on this journey of faith and uncovering areas in our own lives where we need to repent and, and so on. So what would you say to somebody who has now who realises, gosh, maybe I'm doing something that is outside of what God is calling me to do, and they recognise, what would be your, guide, you know, your advice to someone? The important thing is to determine what God is saying to you. Um, 
I, I, I'm unconvinced about somebody in that position focusing on passages of scripture that are entirely negative about the issue that you're struggling with. Um, you want to focus on passages of scripture that affirm God's love for you and God's yeah. care for you and your position in his family that he's the God of forgiveness as well as the God of holiness that you know he's the God of grace a God who, who loves you whatever and doesn't love me any more than he loves you yeah. or any less um, yeah it's not about shame no nor is it about sort of um, I don't think comparing levels of theoretical obedience to God's purposes. Yeah, we don't. We don't do that either. We are equally. We are special in His sight. We belong to Him. And when I make a mistake, I've made a mistake. Full stop. It may not be in this category, but it's still a mistake. If I sin, I sin. And when I have, I've needed to repent of that. It's not a matter of the nature of that sin, because sin is sin is sin. Mm. Forgiveness is forgiveness. That's really helpful, Ray. It's not about levels. I think people can get caught up oh, in thinking of that. And it's not about being, being better, a better Christian. I, I dislike that so much. And, mm. you know, being more holy or whatever, you know, I don't like yeah. that either. No, I don't at all. And um, I would only compare myself with Christ, and I fail in utterly, <laughs> miserably, and dreadfully. Mm. And he said, and he's the only one who, nonetheless, picks me up, puts me on my feet, and gets me going again. And um, he gives me, in so doing, the example and how to handle others who in some way I might feel have offended me or whatever. He gives me that role model as, as so frequently. How did he deal with people? He loved, loved, loved them. Yeah. Loved them. And if people feel unloved because of the presence of passages such as this in the scriptures, it's not saying anything about that. It's, it's giving you some advice. It's giving you some direction, perhaps. But the whole sweep of Scripture is that God loved you so much that he sent his only son to die for you. What more can you want? Really? What more can you want? Yeah. No. Seems like a good note to finish on, Ray, but have you got anything else on the subject to, to talk about? Or um, any final thoughts? Or is, is that the final thought in all of this? God so loved the world, John three sixteen. Yeah, that's that's one. Or e even the verse twenty here, isn't it? For you were bought with a price. It says here. That, this is God's response to the question about um, why is the body special? You have been bought with a price. That price is the life of Christ, who has bought you for God. You were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. So the way you use what he has entrusted to you, what he has taken control of, what he dwells, 
the way you use that indicates where you are in your honouring of him. How much do I honour God? It'll be apparent. Help. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Ray, thank you so much. Not at all. And I'll see you next week. Indeed. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.